I'm walking all alone down my yellow brick road and I stomp to the beat of my own drum. Got my pockets full of dreams and they're busting at the seams Going boom, boom, boom to my own song Welcome to Stacked Keys Podcast. I'm your host, Amy Stackhouse. This is a podcast to feature women who are impressive in the work world or in raising a family or who have hobbies that make us all feel encouraged. Want to hear what makes these women passionate to get up in the morning? Or what maybe they wish they'd known a little bit earlier in their lives? Grab your keys and stomp to your own drum. All I gotta do is count one, two, three to my own drum. Whatever you do, it ain't nothing on me because I'm doing my thing and I hold the key to all my wants. I am really excited today to have uh, another 10th Planet guest. Um, Lauren Sears is with us, and I am really thrilled to kind of dive in, find out who you are, and get going with our conversation. Awesome. So great. Uh, great to meet you. Thank you for having me on. Well, I'm excited. And Lauren, I want to start out with if somebody asked you, who you were personally and professionally, how would you answer them? Um, so I, I, I do a couple different things, uh, but I mostly identify as um, an athlete. Um, I compete in jujitsu professionally. Um, and then I'm also a physical therapy assistant. I work with kids, uh, so I work in pediatrics, but I also work in geriatrics. So I, I do home health, um, and I guess that's um, I guess that's the simplest way I describe uh, what I do. Well, that's quite a span of activity, and when you talk about physical therapy and working with uh, pediatrics and then geriatrics that's kind of a, you have to, you have to switch your brain a lot to, to work with those two groups? No, not really. Um, actually, um, it, it, physical therapy comes full circle. So like when you're working with kids, uh, a lot of the treatments that you're going to be doing with children are similar in, in, uh, geriatrics and the older populations. So, um, yeah, you just, uh, I get, I get a lot more, um, I guess, conversation that goes on with, with the adults, but, um, in a lot more play with the kids, but, um, a lot of the, the goals are the same. So yeah, it's pretty similar. Well, Lauren, is that what you set out to do is to, to work in physical therapy and, um, career wise, is that, was that where you were headed? Uh, yeah, uh, it took me about five, six years to get through uh, school for it. Um, initially, I, I don't know, like I, I kind of came also, I came full circle because I, I was always an athlete in, in high school. I was a track runner. Um, I've just always been active my whole life. Um, I used to work with horses and, um, I just, um, I like doing things with my body <laughs> and, but I also really like helping people. And so 
when, when I, I graduated from high school, I thought like, okay, all right. Um, what do I want to do? I want to do something that's this regards to athletics, but I also want to help people. So I started, um, classes for physical therapy because I spoke to a, a, um, guidance counselor and that's what they suggested. And then I kind of found like in, at the time it wasn't for me. Um, I was really focused on becoming like a personal trainer and, um, I was racing in like triathlons and I really wanted to pursue that, like, athletic career. And so, um, I went towards that and spent a lot of time and years, um, uh, competing in triathlon. And then, um, I, I had a bunch of injuries and I, as a personal trainer, I worked with a lot of, um, a lot of, uh, clients who had injuries that we had to work around. It was really fascinating to me and really interesting to delve into understanding like, okay, how this happened and how do we work around it? And how do we get like, still be able to do the things that we want to do with our lives, um, regardless of this injury or how do we make it better? How do we, how do we heal and how do we fix this and get back to our, our, our lives or our goals. Right. Um, and so I just became really interested in that. And I went back to school and, um, and now here I am and I, I transitioned from, um, physical, sorry, um, triathlon to jujitsu, um, just kind of over the years, I, I, um, I, I try, I, uh, met somebody who was doing it, um, and just tried a class and I was doing martial arts at the time, like striking, um, MMA. I kind of, I tried that out and then found jujitsu and it just kind of, um, it, it, I fell in love with it. And so that's, uh, that's the sport that I'm, I'm currently in right now. Well, that's interesting to me when you come through school and through organized sports and, and this athletic lifestyle, it's hard is, did you find it hard to make the transition of, I don't really have a team anymore, but then I'm going, what do I need to do to fix that want and that drive? Was that part of your search and, and how you landed with jujitsu? Because it's an individual sport, but yet you're part of a team too. So can you kind of explore that with me? Yeah. Yeah. So um, when, when I was in high school, like what you're saying about the team aspect, yeah, it's huge. Like when I was in high school, I competed um, in like track. Right. And that's an individualized sport, but you also, you have a team, um, that you train together and you support each other. Right. Um, and that's in high school uh, for track teams. But once you leave, like, you know, a school setting, whether it's like, you know, high school, college, whatever, um, any kind of like, like endurance sports, that's very individualized. There's like some like team gather like groups you can get together and go train with which I did like you know I would go cycling or running with like groups but it's it's so much it's more of a lonely sport um and that was something that I felt like was missing from um from like from just my life and um I really enjoyed that part of that community aspect of um being a part of a, a team because it's just, I, to me, like, that's the best, that's the best part of it. 
Um, and when people come into jujitsu and they, they ask me about like what school they should train at, right? Like what's the best school in Austin? Like, of course, like I, I love my school and I would love for them to come train with me, but I always like encourage people to try out different schools to find what community they fit with best, because that's the most important thing. Like that's the thing going to like keep you around, um, you know, the sport itself and is you do it because you enjoy it itself, but, um, really it's the community is what's really important. Um, and so, yeah, I, um, I think that's one of the things that really drew me to the sport. Like whenever I was, whenever I started trying, um, like striking Muay Thai, boxing, all of that, like, I really enjoyed that. Um, and there is like a, a team component to that as well. But when I tried jujitsu, it, it's just the people, the type of people that are in that circle that are in that world, um, were just felt like my people. They just felt like home. And, um, it's just a, a unique kind of group. And I, I don't really, uh, I don't really know how to describe it. Um, other, other than using the word family. And it feels like that everywhere I go. Like if, if I were to travel, you know, I, I have traveled to so many States and met so many people that have just been so open and welcoming. And, um, that, that kind of, um, community is what one of the things that like holds me in this sport. And I know I'm going to be doing it for the rest of my life. One, I, I love the sport, but I love the family and the community um, that is within it. Well, how does that translate into your everyday life? How does jujitsu fit in? And I keep hearing people talk about it spills over into every aspect. Um, do you find that to be true? And if so, how does it affect you? Absolutely. Um, man, it, it affects me, I guess, in, in every way. I know it's, it can be kind of cliche because you hear it all the time. Like you hear like, but, but this, the thing is like, I hear it from everybody. So, um, it touches each individual uniquely. Um, I think, I think in a lot of ways, like it'll, it uh, affects a lot of people the same way but it's unique to each individual, whatever it is, um, that they personally like, um, are needing or, um, so I guess what I'm trying to say is like, so when it, so when it came into my life, um, there were things that it taught me that I didn't know that I needed to know that I didn't know I needed to learn. There were things that I didn't realize that like, that, that was, uh, that I needed to work on. Um, so like sport, what? can you think of, of, can you think of anything that you can share? Like what? Um, so for example, I fought last weekend and I won, I just won the 115 pound title belt championship for fight to win this like big organization. Um, awesome. and a lot of people like, I don't know. I, I think that a lot of people think that like, once you start like competing at these higher levels, like you don't get nervous anymore. Like you don't like, you don't battle with, um, these, these, uh, doubts. Right. But they're always, they're always there. <laughs> and like this last weekend, I, um, I struggled, um, just staying, um, 
in the moment and staying present and being happy and excited to be competing. Um, instead I was anxious. I was nervous. I put a lot of pressure on myself to perform. There was a belt on the line. So I, I, I was thinking more about the outcome versus the process. And when that happens, my jujitsu is not at its best. And when I can learn to be present, when I can learn to let go of like my expectations, when I can learn to focus on being in the moment and, and flowing and, and just being happy and grateful that I'm even there getting to do something that I love and getting to experience this, this opportunity, this, this moment, then my best jujitsu shines. And that's one of the things that like jujitsu in itself has taught me is how to be more present is how to be grateful is how to be, how to deal with stress management, how to overcome adversity and, and moments where I, I feel like I'm, I'm losing or, or I I'm doubting myself how to, how to pull that all together and become overcome that. And and it's just, I think that is probably one of the largest, in the largest ways that, that this sport um, works through me is, is building self-confidence, um, being able to be present, being able to be grateful, being able to um, be open to whatever like life brings at me. And all of this is like on the mats and then outside of the mats. So when I go back into the real world, if something happens and I'm stressed out, like I am better able to deal with that um, because of being able to practice this in moments in, in a safe environment, in a controlled environment when I'm on the mats, whether I'm rolling or whether I'm competing, there's just like um, internal like life skills that I, it helps you build um, that carries over into real life. Um, I, when I, when I was going through college for uh, physical therapy, the first year of the program, um, I I've been doing jujitsu for about a year and a half. Um, so, in the first year, um, I had something happen in my life. Um, it was the uh, the hardest thing that I ever went through. Um, I lost my little brother, and. Um, the sport itself and everything that I was talking about and the community is what helped me get through that time in my life. And, um, yeah, I just, um, I feel like, uh, it's improved my life in all areas. Uh, it just, that's, I think the strongest, um, example I can give, um, of how like it translates uh, outside, uh, to real life. Um, I, the strength, the internal strength that I built training, um, helped me, um, work through with the hardest time in my life. Um, and the community that was there that supported me, that, that showed me so much love and, um, and yeah, I just, uh, 
sorry. I (laughs) kind of lost my thought, but yeah. But you know, the the thing is I can, I can actually see you using some of your skills in, you know, pulling your thoughts together and taking a breath and then readdressing, but that's exactly what I'm talking about. And it seems like that's what people so desperately want. And I just keep finding people like yourself who are finding it on the map, but being able to take it off the map. Um, So that that's, that's incredible. I just think that's something that people desire and don't like you were saying, don't even know you need or want until you need it. And it's there. Um, So you compete on the professional level. Um, How does that feel? I mean, do you, do you sometimes look at yourself and go, I can't believe I'm doing this or is it just kind of commonplace for you? I mean, I know the nerves still get you on the map, but off the map, how do you feel? Yeah. About being a competitor. Yeah. Um, it's, it's something that I think that if like me, like two years ago, looking at like where I'm at now, like I, I'm not sure that I would, uh, I don't want to say I'm not, I wouldn't believe it, but I just, um, it was something I wanted, but I guess it was something that I, I wasn't sure if I was capable of. Let, let me just segue in, into this. What did you do last year that maybe you would never do again this year, whether it's in your training or, um, you know, let's focus on training. What, what road did you think you need to go down? And you're like, Oh, Oh man. Um, there's one of those that I definitely learned, uh, this last, within this last. <laughs> Um, so that's one of the struggles that I've, I've actually been working on a lot lately is that I, uh, trying to figure out like, what's the best, like pre pre competition ritual, pre competition, um, schedule. And so I, I've heard, you know, I've heard all these different things. Like some people, they like to go really early before the match and, um, and, uh, spend a lot of time at the venue and, and uh, just accumulate to that. And then some people, they don't want to be there at all, like up until the, like right before they have to compete. Um, I've learned about myself and this kind of goes back into, okay, how does, how does this sport teach you about life outside of the sport? Right. So I've learned about myself that I, I'm an introvert. Uh, I always thought of myself as an extrovert because I really like being around people. I love talking to people. I'm very sociable. Um, but introvert extrovert is all about how you, uh, how you replenish your energy levels. Right. So, um, I realized that if I go to these venues, these venues, like way ahead of time, if I engage with a lot of people and I'm talking and having fun and having a good time, like I'm happy, I'm enjoying myself, but man, like once I step out on the mats to compete, like I feel mentally and physically drained. I feel, um, like, you know, my, my mental side of jujitsu just kind of like, kind of goes out the window. It's just, I'm, I'm, I'm tired. It's almost like the way I relate it is if like I went and I sat down and I've been studying for 10 hours straight. And it's like, there's a point where you just can no longer process like the information that's going in and out of your head. And, and you can't really like, 
uh, you're just kind of uh, mush at that point. So I've learned that for me personally, I need to spend a lot of time alone, like before I go compete, I need to spend a lot of time like meditating, I need to spend a lot of time um, just like resting and relaxing and um, not being in those high stimulating environments. Um, so that once I, I am there, that I have all the energy uh, to give, like I, whether a mental energy and physical energy. And so that's one thing that I've learned in this last year. Like I don't want to do is I, I don't want to uh, put myself in those high simulating environments before the match. That's a big lesson. That's a big lesson. Um, they, they had the Mid-South Classic in Perry, Georgia, and Isaac and um, Stephen Aiken were involved in that. And they had a guy come, I don't remember exactly where he was from, but he he goes and he will show up at these competitions, but he camps out the the night before. And he's like in a state park camping out. And that's kind of his reset button um, to not be, you know, sitting in a hotel and getting anxious, but being out in nature and then coming in. Um, yeah, that could kind of be volatile, but same kind of thing that you're saying of the yeah. routine that you find for yourself. Yeah, a lot I'm of usually, it's a mental game. Yeah, it is. It is. It really is. Um, that's that's something that I've been I've been talking to um, one of my teammates about is that you know, especially for jujitsu, it's such a cerebral sport. Like you got to have some physicality. Like it helps to be athletic, but you really don't have to be. Like there's so many people that have come into the sport that they didn't, they had never had done any other sport before. Like my head coach, for example, like the black belt head coach of the gym before he did jujitsu, like he did no other sport. And he, within six years, he's got a, he got his black belt. I believe it was six years, wow. um, but it, he's, he's insanely technical. Um, but it's all like, so much of that is just like, it, it's from your mind. Um, so yeah, like it's, it's mental, mental jujitsu, like, um, like technical, technically, but also like mental on the side of like dealing with stress and pressure and understanding yourself and, um, what you need in order to perform at your best. And you can take that into life as well. Like no understanding, like, okay, this is who I am. This is what I need. So if I'm going for a job interview, like this is, this is how, this is the time of day that I'm going to perform, that I'm going to do best. This is the, the kind of like, uh, things that I need to do to get me prepared in the best like mindset. Right. So. Yeah. And that can even be about what you wear. Um, sometimes that's tough for women in the jujitsu world to find what they are comfortable in. Do you have your favorites? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I just, uh, I like wearing just simple things. Um, I like darker colors. Um, yeah. Um, I think that, I think that I like our school particularly because, and, and other gyms that allow you to kind of wear whatever you want to wear. Um, because I do like, um, that like self-expression, um, and uniqueness. Um, and that's one thing about 10th planet school, particularly is that they're, they're known for just like having, um, a wide variety of characters. Right. But, but we're all like, we're all so different, but we all connect on so many, in so many different ways. Right. And, um, but, but there are some schools that like, you have to have a uniform. Um, and I've been to those schools and, um, I don't know. I just, I don't, I don't really like it. Um, some people, they like 
the being in uniform um, because it makes them feel like, you know, everything's equal. Um, but I, I feel like you can have that sense and that feeling without having to wear the same thing. But yeah. yeah. Do you ever feel like as a woman in this sport, you have to work a little harder for your space on the mat and even in, in practice and do you have to work hard at that? Um, space on the mat. Uh, yeah. I mean, especially like being a smaller person too. I think that I, I'm, you just, uh, don't get noticed as much. Um, so like, I feel like some, like multiple times throughout like the roles, I might have to like stop a, a group of people or like two people who are getting really close. I'm like, I might get pulled over on top of, or get kicked in the face. Um, but, uh, I guess a little bit. Yeah. Um, I wouldn't say that it, it, I think that the side that like really sticks out, not necessarily space on the mat, but like when you're rolling and training, like, so I think that a lot of guys, like they will, uh, go too easy on, on the girls thinking that like, you know, maybe they, they can't handle the, um, the technique or the pressure or whatever it may be. But, um, sometimes like, especially like earlier on, I had guys that would go really easy on me and you can tell, or they, or like as a, like a higher belt, I've had like lower belt males, like try and tell me technique or, and it will be something that's completely wrong. <laughs> but, um, I don't no. know if that happened before. Um, so I guess fighting for space, um, in, in that way. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. That's, and it's hard sometimes. Well, I don't know. Can you just tell what rank somebody is because you're not wearing the belts when you're out on the mat. So do you just kind of, can you just kind of tell what uh, rank somebody is? Sometimes there's like ranked rash guards, but usually, usually not. Um, a lot, a lot of people won't, they just wear like a general rash guard. Um, yeah. But outside of that, no, unless like you've been training there for a while, you, you learn like who's, you know, at what ranks and, um, I'm coaching some classes now. So like, I, I personally, I coach a couple classes. So I think that most of the students there, like, um, know where I'm at. Yeah. What's your coach style? Um, style, uh, I don't know. Like I, uh. I like to keep things, um, I like to talk about fundamental principles and concepts. So some coaches, they will, they'll teach like, um, steps and sequencing. So like where they'll teach like whole flow, like, which is like where you teach like a, a technique that connects to another technique that connects to another technique. Right. And that's called like a flow. Um, Whereas like, I personally like talking about concepts and principles. Um, so it might be something that's like, for example, the concept of the elbow passing the center line. That's an important um, thing to know is that if the elbow passes the center line, there's back exposure. If the elbow passes the center line, um, there's opportunities for arm bars. Like there's, it, there's a whole, there's a whole lot of uh, things that open up just with the simple idea of the elbow crossing the center line. So I like taking like simple concepts and breaking those down um, for students. And uh, uh, yeah. 
I like that just to know as somebody who watches, because um, you know we've we've had a little bit more privilege to to watch. Um, I don't know if you're familiar with the um, PGF. I'll be trying out for that this year. They're, they have tryouts. They're doing oh. a women. Yeah, they are awesome. That that'll be great. I'm excited to see the women because I like to watch the women, and then there just isn't as much opportunity. So I'm glad they're going to do that. But by watching that, you kind of get the ability to hear them talk through some moves and learn a lot. Um, yeah. So just to just to have simple concepts broken down. And now I'll know to look for when there's a move that makes them compromised. I didn't know that. Yeah. So, um, well, that's exciting. So how do you find your competitions? What do you look for? What what's your goal? Um my I guess my ultimate goal is to just like see how far I can go in the sport um I just turned 33 so um I feel like you know I've got some years left um but uh there's gonna be a point where my body is just not gonna it's not gonna recover it's not gonna be as fast like uh so I'm trying to I'm trying to push myself and get as far um up in the sport as I possibly can, um, to see how far I can take it. Um, goals would be, uh, so I just won, um, the purple belt, uh, Nogi world championship this year for IBJJF. They're one of like the most prestigious, um, competitions, the oldest competition. Um, and I, I, I would hope to win at black belt world championship for, for, for there. And then, um, there's a couple other organizations like who's number one, I would like to be on their show and, um, be able to climb the rankings. They have rankings that are like, you know, top 10 in the world. I, I'd like to be up there, um, get as high as I can in those. And, uh, and then ADCC, ADCC is like, is like the Olympics for jujitsu. And I'm going to trials this year. Um, and I would, uh, I, the largest goal would be to qualify for ADCC one year and uh, even larger would be to win. <laughs> so my, ultimately I'm just, I'm trying to see, uh, how far I can go. I'm just, whatever the, whatever my best is, I'm, I'm just keep, keep pushing for that. I have two questions out of that. One is, um, are you known specifically for some move that, um, that you work on and you repeat and, and it's kind of, it's kind of the move that people expect to see out of Lauren. Um, I have a few, I used to be, uh, throwing up like rolling guillotines and flying arm bars a lot back when I was like late white, early blue belt. But, um, lately I've, I've been working on my guard a lot and I've been capturing, uh, triangles, um, and, but finishing with a, with an arm bar from the triangle. So I guess I'm kind of right now I'm kind of known for um, finishing triangle arm bars is what they're called. Um, and I hit so at my Nogi World Championship, I, I hit three of those. So in every single one of my matches, I finished with the same submission. So um, wow. that's what I'm known for right now. Yeah, I would think you are. Um, well, how do you find a balance? I mean, you've got a lot of competitions that you're talking about, a lot of goals, um, but you also work and then, you know, I, I would say, and there's other life, but I know enough people in the gym that there really isn't. 
So, but how do you balance your life? Uh, so I, thankfully, like I have a job where I'm able to set my own schedule. Um, I, I'm a, you know, in a physical therapist assistant, right. But I work in home health. So and home health, like, you know, you're assigned patients and I contact my patients and I set the schedule with them. And what's really nice about working with uh, mostly kids is that I see a lot of kids at school. So I can kind of go whatever time I'd, I'd like within the school hours. Um, so that that's what really like allows me to um, have a lot of flexibility and able to train and travel and compete like I do. But the thing is like, I, that's not like, that's not really what I wanted to do initially. Like as far as like in physical therapy, like I, I want to work with athletes at some point. Um, I want to, um, uh, but the thing is with that, like I'd have to work in a clinic and I'd have to be working either full time or, or sometimes like they'll have like part-time or like PRN. Um, but that's something that I can kind of put on hold. Um, and, revisit later in my life is what I decided because I only have so many years left, um, to, to be able to, um, put in, um, as much like competition, uh, as I can, like while my body allows. Right. So yeah. that's something I kind of decided I'll just, I'll, I'll revisit it later in life whenever um, I can't compete at the levels I'm trying to right now. Yeah. Just kind of keep it going so that you can yeah. revisit that. Yeah. So when you're working in your physical therapy and then you're on the mat, do you find yourself sometimes knowing what somebody should do to fix their back a little bit or um, fix that ankle? Or I mean, do you find your, your mind going to both directions of what you're doing on the mat plus what you know of the body? Uh, not really in roles, but like I have a lot of friends that'll come to me after you know, training that'll ask me like, Hey, this is kind of hurting, or this is something that happened, or, or I'll get messages from people online and I'll send them videos or, or help them out. Um, but not like, not necessarily like where I'm rolling because, um, I'll notice, sometimes I'll notice like if someone's walking, like I'll notice their posture, you know, and notice like, you know, if there's something that, you know, maybe a weakness or tightness somewhere, but, um, outside of that, um, I'm mostly like my mind is zoned in on, on, uh, the task at hand when I'm doing jujitsu. Yeah. But it, yeah. That, it, that could drive you crazy if you were, <laughs> I mean, I've known lifeguards who could not enjoy being at a pool on their off time or being at the beach. Cause they couldn't handle what all they saw around them. Yeah. So, you know, I just, I, I kind of wonder if you're the same of, I could help you fix that. <laughs> so. Yeah, well, um, training definitely. I I really love helping people and um, pointing out like, hey, this is this is something that'll some exercises you can do that'll help this. Yeah, well, that sounds like it could be a side business right there. Of um, one day. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, did you picture yourself that this would be where you are at this point in life? Um. I had, a, uh, I had dreams of it a couple of years ago when I first started jujitsu. I, it, it was, let's see, it was like right before I got into the physical therapy program and 
before I, you know, hand, I was like, I, I always loved working out and I did other sports that I really loved. Like I loved triathlon. Um, but I, uh, when I started jujitsu, like I just, I really fell in love with it. And I, I was entering the physical therapy program and I was like, man, should I quit school for this? Like I, I had that go through my mind and I talked to some friends about it and they were like, no, like I had already put so much time and money and effort and energy into getting into the program. And it was only two more years. It was like, no, finish it. Then you'll have a job that'll, you know, allow you to do more of what you really want to do. And, um, but yeah, like when I, when I first started jujitsu, I, I realized I was like, man, this is, this is something I want to do the rest of my life. And, uh, so I, I, I didn't know that, but I didn't know, um, I didn't know exactly like where that was going to be. I knew I loved competing and I'd always been like an athlete and I love pushing myself and, and competing. Um, but I also love helping people. So I, I finally found and realized that like, what I want to do is I want my own gym one day. Um, and so also like, as much as like I'm competing and it's a lot of it's, you know, it's for me, but it's also for other people. It's so that later down the road, like I have all this experience I've, I've learned from all of this and I can give that back and share that with people, um, later when I have my own gym. And I, I hope to also still be doing physical therapy. So, you know, I have students or athletes come through and they get hurt and I can help them, uh, help them heal so they can get back on the mats or whatever, whatever else they're doing with their life. That's a really interesting way to think um, that every experience in, that you're going through is something you can bring um, to the mat. I talked to somebody a couple of weeks ago and they talked about that a little bit that same concept of if they haven't experienced something, then they don't know how to help you push through. So do you kind of think that's relevant? That if they haven't experienced something that they don't know how mm -hmm. to help you? especially in the teaching, especially in coaching on the mat, especially breaking something down. Yeah. I think that you could have technical knowledge of, of like the, the, the skill, right. Cause, cause there's, you don't have to be like a competitor or, or having a, having experienced competition to be able to teach a technique. But if you're teaching competitors, you definitely need to have competition experience in my opinion, um, because they're, especially now that I, I've been competing for a while and understanding like how complex it is. And there's so many factors that, that go into it. And I've had, um, I've had a coach in the past that tried to give advice to some, some of his, his students um, that, and this was not in jujitsu, this was in striking particularly that he had never competed before. And I had, I had been competing and I was, huh, that's interesting because with, with, with the, what he was saying, cause it, I didn't really agree with it. Um, but also like he had never competed before. So I think that compete, especially if you're talking about competing, um, but also like the more competition experience you have, like the greater understanding, um, of jujitsu itself, like, um, and, and then exposure to all these different styles. Right. So yeah. I, I think that you don't have to compete be have this experience this competitive experience in order to um offer some information valuable information but i think that it just it definitely gives you um 
a different perspective and in and, and a deeper and greater understanding personally. Well, it's a little bit like if you read the book, but you have never applied the book, maybe the book doesn't work in real life completely, or you start yeah. seeing all these other scenarios of, of how it can go into play. Yeah. Um, I, I can see how that could work. Um, it could work for you or against you. Um, because there's also that, well, when I was in the, on the mat doing it, or when I was in competition, this is how you do it. And, and the, is, has this sport not changed as well as, you know, how sports have changed and they're more aggressive or they're more this, or they're more. So if you did it, you know, 20 years ago, is it the same today? So, and I don't know that about jujitsu. Uh, yes and no. Um, so there's, you know, very simple, like basic things that are the same, but man, it's grown so much. And even in the last five years, this has actually been like a topic of conversation about how like, so traditional jujitsu, um, is like you, you wear the gi, right. And the type of jujitsu I do is, is no gi. So you're wearing these like tight fitted clothing. Um, and it's, it's, there's kind of been a shift it towards like no gi being this uh, predominant, um, sport, like the one that's, it's more popular. It's, um, more exciting. Um, and, and so in, in that regard, like, yeah, it's, it's changed a lot. And there were even things like, I want to say like less than, less than 10 years ago, maybe like six, seven years ago, leg locks, um, was not like a big, a big part of jujitsu was something that was, that was new. Like, so they used to only focus on the upper portion of the body and didn't really like have any attacks like on the legs at all. And so now like, and then when that started coming into the game, it was like, there were so many people that were at the highest level that didn't have this, this skill set. And then there were people who were newer, who were coming in that were winning matches because they, they had this skill set that, you know, this other competitor had not, who had been doing this for years, but they had never, never done that before. And so there's Mm -hmm. many techniques that it continuously develops like that over time, or like maybe you'll learn a certain technique that is everybody, everybody's hitting it. It's, you know, they're winning matches with it. And then somebody learns how to defend it really well. And so now, like now, you know, it's not working as well when people le- really learn how to defend it really well. And, and yeah, so, I mean, think techniques and the sport is continuously like developing that way. And that's one of the things that I love about the sport is that it's ever changing, ever growing, ever evolving. And so you continuously have to be changing and evolving as well and remain open-minded to all of these different, um, uh, techniques and, and, and ways of thinking and ways of doing things, um, and not, not be closed off. And, and that also translates into life too, you know, like, it's like you, you want to always be growing and changing. And, and, and so, um, it really, it really forces you to have to, uh, to have that, that open mind or else you're going to fall behind, um, or else like people are going to grow beyond you. And then, you know, you're not going to, um, be up with uh, the techniques and the times. There's a lot of study to this. Mm-hmm. off the mat that you have to do too and and that that's amazing to me i mean it it really is a very time consuming multi-level sport um and, and i guess all sports are i mean you have to kind of learn to what extent um you can push yourself or your equipment or 
or whatever. How do you schedule your day? Um, man, some weeks, uh, I'm training more than others. It depends on like how, if I have something coming up, um, but usually I'm training, um, at least once a day, um, weekends are my heaviest training. Um, I'll train. So like on Sundays, usually I'm training from like, um, 11 AM until 4 PM. Um, there's like two different open mats that I'll go to. So I don't know. What is that? That's like five hours out of the day. Um, and then on Saturday I will train for like three hours. I'll go to an open mat, but then throughout my work week, uh, cause I don't work on the weekends on my work week. Um, I'll train, um, I'll probably put in like two hours, at least a day. Some days I'll put in three or four. It just depends. And, and I'll, that'll be like a, either a morning session and an evening session or a midday session and an evening session. Um, but yeah, I, about, about four hours a day. Um, Wow. That's a lot. Yeah. That's a, that's a commitment. Yeah. And that's to be like, as a, an active competitor, right? Like somebody Mm -hmm. who's doing this, like, um, as a hobby, um, and with their family, like we have a lot of families that train at the gym. I'll usually see them like one class a day. Um, you know, maybe five days a week, um, for somebody who's pretty, pretty active and consistent. And some people come maybe like two or three times a week. Um, and, and they're still, well, I mean, that consistently, we have students that are like, they're really good. They're really talented. Um, even just, you know, uh, doing it as like a, a fun hobby. Yeah. 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 So there's all, all levels and participation. And so, um, so that, that is open. You have to figure out what you want, I guess. I guess you have to figure out your purpose. Yep. Exactly. Exactly. Like I have a, a good friend of mine and she's got some kids and, um, her kids, uh, she got her kids into jujitsu and then she started so that they could do it together as a family. And, and now like, you know, they, they go to their, the events and, um, it's, it's kind of like a, a thing that they just, they all do together and they're all working towards, um, you know, getting better and then they can, it's, it's a fun activity they can, uh, uh, share with each other. Yeah. Just, yeah, that's pretty cool. So have there been any obstacles that have been in your path that keep popping up for you or just things you just, just can't get around, um, whether it's personally or, or professionally that you just, they just keep cropping up in life for you. I mean, you seem to have it so together and you've got this plan and you're, and so, I mean, is there just something that just keeps bumping into you? Um, I definitely don't have it so together. <laughs> I think that that's, that's a <laughs> for most people, most people from the outside, they look like they have it all together. And, uh, you know, we all have our struggles. Um, yeah, <laughs> but for me personally, um, I think the biggest obstacle for me is my mindset. Um, having like my head in a good space, um, consistently. Um, it's something that like, I, I've struggled with most of my life. Um, and I I hate talking about like, oh, well, because this happened to me. Right. But the reality is like, we go through things in life that, that impact us and it's our job to, to work through them and to overcome. And, and, um, like we can't, like, we can't control what happens to us but we can't control how we respond to it. 
And um, so like growing up, like I had a really rough childhood um, and uh, I'm still, I'm still working through uh, the mental side of, and, and emotional side of like how those things affected me. And I'm constantly growing and getting better, but it's in, and, and there are like moments and times in my life where I'm like, Oh, I'm, I've gotten beyond this. Like I'm great. And then it pops back up. But I think that's, that's, that's life. Pretty that's normal. How, yeah. Yeah. It's normal. Um, and so, yeah, yeah. And like my, you know, I think losing my little brother too was, it's something that I'm, I constantly struggle with and, and the, the factors surrounding that. And like I said, like we had a really rough childhood and, um, and, uh, it's just, uh, it's something that it, I, I'm constantly going to be half having to battle is, is, uh, where my mind is at and keeping it in a good place. And I'm, the thing is like, I'm always like, I, when I was younger, I dealt with depression. Um, I don't, I wouldn't say like, I, I struggle like with, with depression, but I just struggle with, um, I struggle mostly with, I guess, believing in myself and thinking that I'm like, like worthy or capable of something. Um, and I think a lot of us struggle with it, with that, you know? Um, yeah, definitely. And, uh, and there's days where like, I'm very confident in myself and I believe in myself and I know that I like, I'm like, yes, I'm going to do this. I can do this. I can achieve this. And that's, and then there's days where I, I don't at all. <laughs> there's days where I'm like, you know, just not a nice person to myself. Um, and so, yeah, I'd say that, uh, I'd say that that is the biggest, uh, obstacle that continuously pops up in my life is, um, this mental battle of, uh, working around, um, the things that come up in my head. I kind of wonder when I talk to, um, the women that I've talked to that are involved in jujitsu, if the mindset and the, um, being tough on yourself and one day feeling like you've got it and you're, you're doing great. And then the next questioning, comes because you're a little bit more aware and in tune to yourself. Yeah. Because it's, I mean, you're having to pull deep within yourself to get out there on the mat and try and hurt somebody. I mean, the whole, the whole purpose of you going out there is to, I mean, in a competition is to win. Mm -hmm. And so you've really got to dig really deep to get there. I mean, Honestly, like, but that's, that's the thing that messes me up is when I get in the, in, on the mats and I'm like, I'm here to win. Like, that's when I, that's when I don't do so well. But when I go in there, I'm like, oh. I'm my best. I'm, I'm here. I'm here to have fun. Like I'm here because I want to be here because this, this is a fun game. Like I look at competing and fighting like a game. Like I'm not trying to, I, I'm not trying to, I don't want to hurt this person, but that's a part of the game. Like that's y'all both sign up for that. And it's the same when you go play football or anything, you're crashing into each other. Like people are going to get hurt. And so like when I go in there and I'm like, I get to be here, I get to be here. Like I, I'm going to have fun. Like I'm going to push myself and do my best. And I believe that like, if I, when I'm in those moments that I'm, I'm doubting myself or I'm struggling, like, no, I'm going to push that out of my mind and I'm just going to, I'm going to 
do the best that I can. And if I don't win, that's okay. Like, because as long as I know that I, I did not give up and I pushed myself and I did my best and, and I learned something from that experience, like I'm going to be happy whether I win or I lose. And the, the goal for me personally is to go in, play and have fun and learn something, learn something about myself, learn something about my jujitsu. And, and if I can go into my matches with that mentality, then that's when I do my best. But when I go into the match with the mentality of like, I, I need to win this. Like I, I have to do this. I, I need to, like, I want, I want to win. Then, then that's when all that pressure is put on myself, all the anxiety, all like the emotions start flooding in and all the thoughts about like, you can't do this. Like you, you need to win because you know, I, like it, then that'll mean that you're worthy. Right. And, and I think a lot of those, like you, you attach like winning with, with your worth and that's, that's not reality. And, and so if you can remove that and just say like, you know, I'm, I'm here to have fun and I'm here to learn, then, then that's when you do your best. And that's when you can really appreciate and enjoy the moment and the experience. And, and I, in all of that carries over into other parts of life and, and so that's how I feel like jujitsu in itself is so therapeutic for me too, because I'm training my mind to like go into these environments, these, in these moments where I want to judge myself. I want to be critical of myself. I want to tell myself that I'm not worthy or that I can't, but I overcome that. And I tell myself, no, like instead of being afraid, instead of being judgmental, instead of being critical, be grateful, like be present, be, be here and do your best and, and learn and grow from that. And that's, I think that's the ways that, uh, um, that's when I do my best. And then that's, that's, uh, that's what I love. That's what I love so much about the sport because I get in there and every single time, like I learn something about myself and, and I grow and, um, um, I, I grow in my jujitsu and I, I grow internally. Yeah. Well, and to me, that just sounds like a healthier way to approach um if you walk away having had fun and learning something i mean that's a good day yeah yeah exactly Um, i've I've lost i've lost matches and you know i i i look back later and i'm like man that loss was so much more valuable than winning mm -hmm. because so much of one about myself and it gave me purpose and direction and in, in my jujitsu, I mean, it's the same in life. Like sometimes you lose a job, you lose out on a job or like you you're in a relationship with someone that, that ends and, and, you know, in the moment, like it's devastating. It's like, it's not what you want, but you look back on it later and you're like, man, I'm so happy (laughs) that that happened, that I, I didn't get that job or that relationship ended because now I'm in a better place and I didn't see it then, but I see now like the importance of that lesson. Yeah. I, I wish teenagers could get that. Uh, if, yeah. you know, what would you, what would you tell your 16 year old self today? Oh man, a lot, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> um, to just let go. I don't know. I think that the, the biggest lesson that I've learned is to let go and to appreciate. Um, and, uh, I think just 
going with life, whatever life has to offer and throw at you and letting it roll off your shoulders and um, um, just to love yourself. I would say to let go and to love yourself. That's good. That's good. Um, Lauren, we've talked about a whole lot of different things. Is there something in particular that you want to make sure we mention before we wrap up? Um, I think we covered a lot, but um, I think that for anybody listening who's um, never tried jujitsu, I would encourage I encourage them to just give it a try because um, even if it's not for you, I think that uh, there's a lot of things that it has to offer and teach you, and um, and it and if it is for you, then it could really change your life. That's great. Um, if you were given a superpower, you chose a superpower, you had it for 24 hours and you could use it professionally or personally, what would you choose and how would you use it? Superpower for 24 hours. Oh man. Um, for 24 hours, I have a superpower. I think that if there was some sort of power that would give me the ability to have people, um, basically what I was saying, I would tell my younger self, like for people to be able to like, let go and love themselves and, and to, um, I would use that because I think that if, if people, if everybody was like that they could, they could really like love themselves and, and, um, let go of like whatever they've gone through in their life. Cause we've all gone through something that's affecting the way that we treat each other. Um, and a lot of times that comes off in negative ways. It's usually people that are, that are angry, people that do things that hurt each other. It's a reflection of, of, uh, the pain that they're going through. I really, I really see that and believe that. And, um, and so, I think that if there was something that some sort of superpower that I could have that people it like opens their eyes and opens their mind. Um, I think I would want that because I think the world would be a much better place, happier place. And when people are happy, when you're happy with yourself, um, you have more to give everyone else around you and it makes the whole world a better place. That's awesome. Um, I see a superpower in the back of your car there, the purple belt hanging down. And I wanted to, I wanted to ask you, um, do you strive for belts? Is it important to you to move up in rank that way? Or what's your philosophy there? For um, I think that like, I think earning a belt, it's, it's, um, it's a big thing. Like, like when I, when I get my brown belt, when I get my black belt, like it's, it's going to be extremely meaningful to me. Um, but also I don't think about the belt, um, just in the same way that when I'm competing, like, I don't think about the win. I don't think about the outcome. It's about the process. Um, so the belt is, uh, it's just, you know, it's something you eventually get. Um, and, and it's, and it's a different, stages for everybody like everybody's process is different and um the criteria for everybody is a little different like 
like, you know, the, the mom that's been training for 10 or 15 years that, you know, doesn't compete will earn a brown and a black belt. But that also like the, the person who's been a competitor, who's been training for the same amount of time, but they've been competing at these certain levels, right? It's going to, there's levels within levels, right? There's levels within mm-hmm. rank. And so I really don't worry about that. Um, if anything, I'm like, I don't want it yet. Like, I don't want to get it too soon. I'm like, I'd rather, you know, I know I'm going to be doing this my whole life. So what's the rush? Um, so, uh, yeah, like it's, it's, it's a nice, uh, uh, accomplishment when you get that, but it's not like a, it's not a focus. It's, and it, it doesn't mean it doesn't really determine like where you're at. Like there, there are, there are blue belts who are kids who've been training for years that are beating black belts, like in competition right now. So yeah, it's, uh, it's not something I focus on too much, but. Lauren, how do people get in touch with you or follow you? Um, my Instagram is Lauren Sears 10 P. Um, that's pretty much, that's, that's what I got right now. Um, eventually I'm going to be, I'd like to build a website and kind of what you were saying earlier about like, uh, working with, uh, athletes and physical therapy and jujitsu. Like I would like to do that one day. Like I want to travel around and give like rehab seminars along with jujitsu seminars. And I, I do like fire cupping. Um, right now it's, I'm not really doing much of it because I'm competing so much. Um, but eventually like, I want to make that like my, my profession, like moving that way when I have my own gym and, uh, be traveling and doing rehab seminars and jujitsu. So eventually I'll have a website, but right now it's just, uh, Lauren, uh, Sears 10 P on Instagram. Oh, I like that. All right. Well, this has been fantastic. And I uh, thank you very much for joining us. Thank you so much. It was great talking to you. Find Stacked Keys Podcast on Spotify, SoundCloud, and iTunes, or anywhere you get your favorite podcast listen. You'll laugh out loud, you'll cry a little, you'll find yourself encouraged. Join us for casual conversation that leads itself based on where we take it, from family, to philosophy, to work, to meal prep, to beautifully surviving life. And hey, if I could ask a big favor of you, go to iTunes and give us a five rating. The more people who rate us, the more we get this podcast out there. Thanks. I appreciate it.